Hello everybody, it's me, Producer Ross, and welcome to another edition of Game Day Extra Time, the show where fans have their say on their club. And it's not been a good week for town, and uh, it's always a pleasure though to be joined by these guys as we bring some more thoughts on the current state of affairs at the club. We're going to be going through everything from the Cholton defeat to the boring, boring draw against Oxford. Firstly, I'm going to introduce a man making his return and that is good old Harvey, the sweet Welsh prince, friend of the show of the main pod. How you been doing, my friend? And uh, I've said my friend already, but whatever. One, well, I can say it once on the show. But um, yeah, how you been doing? And uh, your thoughts on the, the Cholton defeat? It feels like a while away ago, but it still has scars for all of us. Yeah, I mean, uh, not not too bad in general. Uh, nearly at the end of the week, aren't we? So uh, it's, uh, there is a positive, but... Um... In terms of the, the Charlton game and the Oxford game as well, I'm, I'm just deflated with it all. I think that's my overriding emotion, to be honest. And I think that's the majority of town fans, the way they're feeling at the moment. It's It's got past the stage of anger now. Um, it just feels like like we're a lost cause. Uh, Charlton game, again, expected. The same with the Oxford game. Um you know, it was nice to have Wolf in the back of the team, but then he got bullied for 90 minutes, I thought, against an EK up front. Um, nice to see Liam Gibbs make his debut again. The circumstances around it, I thought it was almost unfair to give him his debut in those circumstances. Uh, personally, would have changed the system, put two in midfield instead of three, given the injuries we've got in the midfield. But Logic and Paul Lambert doesn't seem to go very well together, so there was no chance of that ever happening. Um, but yeah, it, overall, I'm, I'm I'm just deflated with it all. I really am. Um, you know, as as we all do, I love this club to death. But it seems at the moment that we've been sleepwalking in this situation for so long. Um, it's hard to see kind of light at the end of the tunnel at the moment. Um, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully a better performance this weekend. But am I confident against the Plymouth side who, granted, leak goals quite often but score a lot as well? Not really. Well, um, yes, of course, we'll be previewing the Plymouth game later in the show. Um, next up, pleasure to have you on, as always, George. Uh, good old George Mann, how you been doing? And uh, as uh, probably echo what Harvey said, we all felt deflated after that game. We weren't angry. Of course, you don't want us to see us lose, but we just felt so deflated in a very terrible game. Your thoughts? Yeah, yeah. well, thanks for having me back on again, Ross. Yeah, just deflated. It's just, it's just poor. I, I know it's a bad. I don't really want to watch this town moment. I don't have a season ticket, so I have to pay £10 each time to watch a game. And I don't really want to pay that money because I know if I'm going to pay that money, I'm just going to get a loss or a nil-nil draw. And I'm just going to be like, I'm just, just I'm throwing money down the drain. And we don't really want to be doing that in these times. You know, we are still technically in a pandemic. Don't be throwing money down the drain. But it's just the performances are getting poorer and poorer each time. And something's got to change. And would it change? No. And we will get onto that a little bit later on, but nothing's changing. And just it, Lambert's going back to his old ways anymore. Right? It's like Lambert lottery, really, with the squad, with the squad selection. Four changes again in the Chelsea game and then six in the Oxford. But it's just poor. And it's just, it is deflating to watch because I want to see it just do well. But it's just, <laughs> I don't know what to say about them. I'm so, I'm quite angry about it, but it's just, they're just poor. That's what I'm just going to say. They're poor. Before I go into a rant or something. <laughs> well, a man who loves the rant, um, rant. Is it rant or rant? Rant. 
Yeah, David. <laughs> David's the former school teacher, so he know. <laughs> but yes, good old David is with us. Um, how you been doing? Uh, of course, you're part of the furniture now of Game Day Extra Time, just like Thomas and Liam. Um, but yeah, the Charlton game, it was not good. No, it wasn't. Um, a bit like choosing today to um, wash the inside of a greenhouse when it's pissing down outside. Um, yeah, it's crap. But, it, I mean, the sad thing is, at the end of it, I wasn't... I mean, I've, I've been angry a lot of the time. You know that, because I go on rants. Um, but I was just sort of, meh. It's exactly what I expected. You know, it can't defend, can't attack. Um and it did with an inability to change things around. I mean, the substitutions made no sense whatsoever. Um, and it, it's just it's just repeat the same thing and same thing and same thing, isn't it? I was expecting a 3-0 defeat. We got a 2-0 defeat. Um, so that's progress. And, yeah, I, I just can't see anything anything changing. It's got absolutely bugger all to do with, interview, with injuries. It's entirely down to the idiot in charge. There you go. Not really a rant, I'm afraid. I, 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 can, I can brew one for later, I'm sure. Definitely. And um, the man who I will get into the Oxford game in a bit, but the man who I watched the Oxford game with via Skype, because, uh, of course, he's still in Scotland. Um, that was a terrible watch, Liam. But uh, thank you for joining as ever. And your thoughts on the, the Charlton game? Um, bored. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Um there wasn't really anything to get excited about. Um, I mean, we'll talk about Oxford a bit in the, in a bit, but there was a little bit more in the Charlton game, I guess, than there was against Hull. Um, but, I mean, we're really, really scraping the barrel um, in terms of saying that it was much better than the whole game in mid uh, last midweek. Um it was same old, really. Charlton came. They um, did what they had to do to win, and didn't look troubled. Um, as soon as as soon as we went behind, uh, it, there was never going to be. I, I had no confidence of getting back into that game. Uh, and when it went two nil, that was it. Game over. It was done. Um, and actually, Charlton could have scored a few more, really. And that just sums it up. Charlton could have scored three or four with some good chances and, and town could have maybe scored one from maybe two half chances. Um that's the big difference at the moment. And Norwood's gone now and yeah, um it was just usual fair that the last few weeks since the international break has, has thrown up really. Just nothing there. The formation isn't working and bored really. And finally, it is Mr. Game Day himself, good old Thomas, um, who is very much so wearing and modelling a beautiful, beautiful retro shirt. I'm trying to think what year that is, but oh, what a shirt that is. Uh, he'll say, of course, in his intro, but thank you for joining us ever and then finish off on the Charlton defeat. Obviously, 1996 and 98, they're the oh. cream and black. Oh, beautiful. Uh, back in the days. I wasn't, not, I can't really remember those days, unfortunately, because it's a bit too young for that. I'd have been two when this shirt was released, so don't really remember it too much. But obviously, David. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've never been days... terribly into away shirts, but um, I do remember it. It's, it. For me, it's Mick Stockwell that shirt. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Carry on, Thomas. Sorry. 
obviously those days are better than what they are now. Um, I'm sure if we're doing this podcast 20 years ago, we'd be speaking uh, much highly about the team than what we are now. So um, probably just a bit silly for wearing them, really, because it just reminds you what we were. <laughs> but yeah, in terms of Charlton, again, echo what everyone else has said, it's deflating, um, poor, just didn't look up for it, really. Um, I still don't really understand how Charlton put in a makeshift defence and we didn't trouble them one bit. You know you're playing a team with a centre back and a, uh, a centre mid and a right back in centre back, and you're not going to trouble them at all. It's it's just beggars belief, really. You, surely, if you're scouting Charlton, you know that they've got troubles at the back, and you work on it during the week, to focus on their weaknesses, and then it comes up works for you on Saturday. But we obviously didn't do that during the week, and it showed on Saturday. Um, I knew as soon as Berg would come on, he'd score against us, and alas, he did. Um, he always seems to whenever he plays against us. It's a quite a shame we didn't sign him really when, when we had the chance. But, um, but yeah, like I say it was deflating. Um, it annoyed me after the game how Lambert then went spoke about how our season, you know, we were we were out of it. January and February was what cost us. Sorry, it's it's happened before then. It's happened again this season. It's it's not. It wasn't January February last year. It was it was you know November and it's happening again. It's all. From November now, we've been rubbish, and history's repeating itself, and it's going to carry on doing so if nothing happens, uh, nothing, uh, if nothing changes, and unfortunately, it won't. So, but yeah, um, it's rubbish times at the moment. Yeah, and talking about rubbish, um, go on to, of course, Oxford Tuesday night. I want to go over to you first, Liam? We watched it together, and uh, you know, away away point is always good, but oh dearie me, that was that was dull. Um, our first I mean, target was in the 90th minute, weren't it? Or something like that. Well, I, I, I can't, I can't, I don't, it, it's laughable that that's even been counted as a shot on target. Header. I mean, it's just, it's just a weak header, but the goalkeeper's had about five hours to just let it roll into his arms. I mean, it's, it's, it, it summed up the night. Um, and, it just, I can't get my head round people thinking that some people think that a point breaking up the two defeats is is a positive. Well, it's away from home, yes, but against an Oxford side who are struggling, yeah, I think they are better than what they have been showing. They have been affected by COVID a few times this season, where their games have had to been postponed. So they are a little bit behind. There is a massive hangover, I think, from their defeat to Wickham in the playoff final. Um, and that's caused... Um, and, of course, they've lost some um, big players as well. So, but but they're still a decent side. I think they, as, as I said in the recap on Monday, I think they'll do all right. I think they'll get to mid-table. I don't think they'll be around the relegation zone. But there was, no, the game, there was nothing in the game. Um, and uh, the thing for me is, is if they got a nil-nil draw away at Oxford and they created two, three, maybe four good chances and they just didn't take them, then, OK, we, we'd still be a bit peeved that we didn't take the chances. But at least the chances are being created. The problem we've got at the moment is there's no chances being created. And, and that, that's worse at least if if your strikers aren't putting them away, you can get a bit 
uh, angry about it and kind of kind of go, well, we should be putting them away, but we're not creating, and that's the worry. Not creating. I think I think I read it's 270 minutes now since Town last scored a goal, um, and <laughs> frankly, I just it, it was just awful. And, and to that side was still good enough to create more than they did, and I think the reason why we didn't is down to the formation isn't working, but Lambert is sticking to is choosing to stick with it. Um, and then he's changing to four four two later on, even though his comments about we can't play four four two. So everything is jumbled up. The performances are rank rotten, uh, and Oxford was it has just been the complete Everest of rank rottenness. Um, that was just an awful, awful game. Um, and I just don't think it's going to get much better at the moment. I want to go over to you, David, next. Uh, we could have played all day, all week, all month against Oxford, and we probably would have scored. Um, no, we wouldn't because we were shit. Um, <laughs> and uh, I mean, Pick out a, a couple of uh, positives. We didn't give away a penalty. Um, <laughs> and Cornell made three really good saves, I think, because that's what... Um, in amongst the fallout from Lambert having his weird meltdown thing, um, Oxford actually had some really, really good chances. They obviously weren't high on confidence and they pulled out of stuff and they, they were, there was one where they, were, they had two players in the box absolutely screaming for a, a, just to you know, knock it across. It was like playing football manager last year. But it was... Um, and he tried to shoot and, and it was a save. Oxford should have won that. They weren't very good, but we were worse. And like Liam says, it's the formation. And it, if and I've, I've said it before, if you're playing that formation, you need to be able to um, get the ball forward swiftly through midfield. It's all very well keeping the ball at the back, doing all of those things, which we didn't do so much this time. But you need them to be able to switch it up to break break swiftly, to find that space rather than then just go, all right, well, I'll hump it then. And it's right early on, we were doing that. Not consistently, but I was I was OK with that because, OK, you, you're creating a new thing. It's bedding in, but you've got those passes coming through from Enciala, which was masking some of his cock ups. But you were getting those through balls, getting those things, breaking people in. And you had Edwards and Sears or indeed Judge, I mean, ineffectively, but he was in there. Because although they're wide, they were cutting into the box. So you've got somebody on the far post when there was a cross coming in. You've got people breaking into the box to support the striker. Against Hull and Charlton, you saw it again. And against Oxford, there's nobody in there. If you look, there was a very interesting thing on Twitter. It was not one of our fans, but somebody's done a um, pass map of every single one of the Ipswich players in that game. Um, Drynan's had the fewest touches, I think, of anybody. And almost everything is backwards and it's completely isolated. But it there's virtually no passing in the centre third of the in, in the... in the bit in front of the goal in the, in the final third. Everything is off over, over to the sides, it's at the back. And it's quite shocking when you look at that in a um, heat map, 
how little presence we've got anywhere which can actually hurt hurt a team. That's the problem. It's not the formation. It's the implementation of that formation. Now, I don't like, and you know this because I've ranted about it for ages, I don't like single striker formations because this is what happens. They can work if your wide players cut inside. They can work if your midfielders break into the box. We haven't had somebody like that since Tommy Miller, though. So you're relying on people to step up to a level they've not done before. That's why Edwards, when he's fit, needs to be on the left. We didn't do any of that this game. We didn't do any of that against Charlton. We didn't do any of that against Hull. In each of those games, we haven't even done the basics of working really hard. In the Hull game, like Mills said, Hull just worked harder. You know, they weren't special. They worked Honeyman just ran and ran and ran. And I can't see any of that drive and effort. And that's what drives me up the wall watching this at the moment. Is if you're limited, and I don't think we're that limited. I think we're better than Oxford. I think we're better than Charlton. I think we're better than Hull, potentially. But if you're doing that, then you've got to work your arse off to close those players down and create that space, create the error. Like Thomas said about Charlton, you know, they've got no defenders. And so we just sort of amble around doing fuck all. In Oxford's case, Oxford are low on confidence. They kept five clean sheets this calendar year, three of which are against us. You know, and we don't put any pressure on them at all. You didn't have to pick a really inexperienced side there. He chose to do that. At the point where you've lost McGavin, he chooses to bring Dobra in out of the cold. He chose to bring Gibbs in randomly the other game. This game is the first one where Judge, who's been a waste of space, but he is experienced, suddenly sits on the bench. You know, he didn't have to run with a really inexperienced side. He didn't have to have a strike force, which have got about half an appearance between them for Brantham Athletic under 12s. Because he got Jackson, he got Hawkins on the bench. He could have gone with a much more experienced side if he'd have chosen to. So he can't excuse that. It's bollocks. He chose that, presumably thinking that it was going to get a result for because it was running enthusiastic. But you've got to get the ball forward. You've got to get the ball into the box. Otherwise, you end up with one half-assed header in the 91st minute. Um, and, I mean, we'll come on to it later, but the nonsense from Evans um, just sort of compounds that. Because that's exactly what we were booing and got pissed off with under McCarthy in the last days. Yeah, any point is a hostage. Keep it, take it, it's an away point. It's not two defeats. It's, what, um, three wins from the last 11 now. That's, that's not two defeats. It, it, it's, it's endemic and it's carrying on and it's getting deeper and deeper. And the further it goes, the less confident the players are and you could tell that we were on a par with Oxford in terms of confidence and ability to change things and do things but you've got players who are completely ostracised Donassian, you've got a defence which is, McGuinness has been prone to errors recently, he's young he's going to and he's got nobody there to lead him you've had two poor games from Wolfenden, although he's probably the most talented defender we've got there so the obvious thing for me is to put Chambers in at the back alongside Wolfenden to shepherd him. 
because you've got a right back. You've got a perfectly decent, fit right back who's never, ever once let the club down. I can think of one mistake that has directly led to a goal that Danassian has done, but he won't play him. You know, it, it's madness. And this is what keeps coming back. I keep coming back to you. Yeah, it's an away point, but we should have been battering Oxford down. They were there for the taking if we'd have chosen to do it. We didn't choose to do it, and then we make excuses. And it's the same as the Charlton, same as the Hull, same as the, same as the, same as the, same as the. And there's one underlying thing all the way through it, and it's Lambert, and he needs to go. Yes, of course. We'll get on to, of course, Lambert's comments after the, after the Oxford game. We're going to go over to Harvey. Your boy, Cornell, was in goal again. Got a clean sheet, made some cru- crucial saves in the game. But, uh, oh, how bad was that? We did move up one place. That is the positive. But we should be beating teams like this. <laughs> we are seriously clutching at straws, aren't we? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is what it's come to. Yeah, he did, he did make some good saves. Um, but it's kind of going off what, what Liam and David said already. It's just just so, so poor. Um, predictable. You know, it's this 4-3-3 system again, as we've, as we've discovered, is... is the root of our problems at the moment with the with the lack of, of personnel we've got. Um, I think it's as what Lambert thinks about Jackson when Dryden starts after literally just coming back from an injury. Lambert clearly knows he can't play that lone striker role. Um, McGuinness, again, he's he's made mistakes recently and i said this for weeks now. I think I've said it on the last five pods or whatever with Dinassian. It's bizarre to me that he doesn't get a game. Um, I completely agree. Whether it's Wolferden or McGuinness playing next to Chambers, they need a, they need someone vocal next to them because the mistakes they're making at the moment um, are, are just are just not good enough. Wolferden was better at Oxford. I, I will I will say that. Um, Dobra, a bright spark. He looked like he wanted to to do things. Bennett hasn't convinced me. I have to say, um, he looks like. He could score a 40-yard worldie, but then the next minute, just run into trap and do absolutely nothing. His end product is, a, is abysmal, let's be honest, or it has been so far. Um, I think he's had a decent run of games now to, to say that he, he, needs to, he needs to be better. I don't think we can use a settling in tag anymore with him. Uh, but it's just... The thing that worries me the most is it's just, it's just the lack of fight. It's, it just seems bizarre to me that there's something, there's something psychological about that team that just can't seem to get over the line. Whether it's beating promotion winning teams, whether it's, as we saw last season, completely collapsing. There's something, there's something wrong there. I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it. I wish I could. Um, but I just, I don't, I don't know the answer. For me, I think in the summer we need a serious clear out. And when I say that, as much as I love him, I think it's time for someone else to, to take that leadership role from Chambers. I think Chambers needs to needs to leave in the summer. And I don't say that with any kind of joy or anything like that because he's been he's been outstanding and he's and he's done a decent job at right back again this year. But I think the whole club just needs a new voice from the manager to the captain because every single season we're having the same situation um, and and it's worrying because. We've sleepwalked into League One. You know, it, it could get worse from it. It really could. 
we can't use the 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 kind of reason of a you know with one of the biggest teams in the league and you know we've got no divine right to make the top six or the top two. I don't think we'll make either of them personally um, if if Lambert's still in charge. So I just think we need to go back to the drawing board. I think there needs to be a serious overhaul of the seven. I think there will be because of the amount of players out of contract. Um, and we need someone else leading the team. It's as simple as that. We need someone else as a new manager. And for me, in the summer, we need to completely refresh, completely restart and get someone else as captain as well. Because I love Chambers. This isn't a dig at Chambers, but I just feel as though it's just got a little bit stale. And um, we need that change of direction in in every capacity in the club for me. Otherwise, we're not going anywhere anytime soon. Well said there, Harvey. And um, got to go over to you now, Thomas. I spoke to you after the game. You and Brad predicted a draw for this game. So you were somewhat, you know, felt like, yeah, we could possibly get something here. But, oh, what a terrible game. Um, of course, you're going to echo what the other boys have said so far. But your own take on the game. Yeah, um, I echo what's been said about the nation already. Um, unfairly treated since he was dropped by Hurst against Norwich. Um, unfairly. And then brought in Spence and then, <laughs> we all know the, the rest is history, yeah. so we won't go into that too much. But uh, but yeah, um, I spoke to an Oxford fan before the game just to get a bit of info, like I've been doing recently. And um, obviously, he messaged me after the game. It's the Fence End podcast. And he said, um, with the greatest respect, do you have a lot of injuries? I expect you to be far better than being sick. It kind of proves just how rubbish we are, doesn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, yes, we have got injuries, but like Liam said, most of them... Yeah, they, they still fit in that team. We we have got first team players in there. It's not like they're all injured. They can all. It's it's we're still putting a decent team together that can effectively cause should be able to cause damage if played correctly. You know, um, especially against Oxford, who who've only had had five clean sheets this season, three against us, um, and this year, sorry. So it's it's just baffling. Like how we played is I thought Oxford were better than us. Um, they show us how to play the way that we want to play under Lambert, um, better than what we were doing. It's just they had more of the ball. I, I know they're at home, so it's you know they've got a bit more of an advantage with, with or without fans, but um, it was just they were just a better team in my eyes. And for a team that you know who were supposed to be challenging for top six, we were, we were supposed to be better than that. I do feel like maybe if it's beginning of the season we'd have won, but our confidence has shot, been shot since then and it's just going to keep getting worse and worse with performances like that and comments after the game that's been happening and how you know how things are going at the moment. So, yeah, um, it was a dreadful performance, a dreadful game, um, boring game. Arguably should have lost. We've got the point, got the clean sheet. You know, it's... That's one positive from it, but we should be winning these kind of games. Um, and it's quite sad to see that it looked like a, a game that was between two teams in the lower half of the division. Um, it's sad how far we've fallen in the past month. I think like a month ago we were talking about we're top, probably top of the league. I can't quite remember exactly when we started falling down, but it's, it's, it's fallen down quite quickly in the past month. And yeah, we're still in the playoffs, but come Christmas and it carries on this, we could be mid-table and... Uh, our season will be getting more and more like the, like the last. Definitely. You know, this game sort of mirrored the, you know, the goalless draw against Burton and the goalless draw against Wigan. I remember going to the Wigan game as a 
as a season ticket holder with my nan. And, you know, this was the first game I left in the 60th minute. I just turn around to my nan and go, I want to go. Um, so a little backstory there for you guys. For, um, but um, George, can you, uh, can you cheer me up a little bit? Can you cheer me up? There's not many positives from this game because it was very bad. Um, but yeah, your take on it and uh, we'll, you know, cross a line over this terrible, terrible, unforgettable game. <sighs> Positives. Um, we're fifth instead of sixth. I think that's the only thing. Uh, uh, I didn't watch the game and I'm happy I didn't. I really am happy. <laughs> and that's bad. Point. I don't want to be saying that. I really don't. But I'm happy I didn't watch it. I've, just Again, it's just poor. So I think the first shot was in the 90th minute. I, it wasn't really a shot, but what all you guys say. It's just poor. I, I don't know where it's just going to go next. There does need to be a reset. Can we hit it now? Can we hit that reset button now? Yeah. Like, just, I know it's not bad. Just scrap the season now. Let's just change. Let's see what we can do. Just get rid of Lambert. Just and then see what happens from there. I think anybody else could do a better job than him. He's just, he's annoying me. He really is annoying me. And he's making me not like Ipswich Town. And that's, that's something sad. I don't want to be saying that. And I'm saying it. He's making me hate it. And I don't like him. So I'm going to leave it there. <laughs> Please. Yeah, well, as I said, after the, the Charlton game, we all felt deflated. We weren't angry. We were just deflated and just frustrated on how our team are playing. And, of course, we're going to go on to the Lambert, Evans and O'Neill comments. We'll go into the Lambert one first. I want to get everyone's thoughts on all these comments. Um, but, you know, it sounds like O'Neill and Evans are backing him, um, which is not uh, David shaking his head. So I'm going to go over to you, David, first. Uh, your thoughts on the, the Lambert comments after the game, of course, on good old Stuart Watson of this fine Kings of Anglia podcast and the East Anglia Times. Times. Um, what were you thinking when, you know, you, you were sort of reading these? And of course, you know, the audio is out there for you, you know, for people to listen. If you go to the main pod, you can listen to the full interview with Brenna Wally as well. Uh, from BBC Suffolk, but um, yeah, yeah, but um, oh, well, I, I, I listened to it this afternoon while I was um soaking myself with a hose pipe, um, which I have to say was more enjoyable than watching the Oxford game. Um, Lambert, I don't know, I mean, it, it, it's a huge amount of distraction on one level, isn't it? Because since he came out with that horse shit, everyone's been talking about that rather than the terrible performance. Um, so you might turn around and say it's a, ta- it, it, it's, a, it's a masterclass in deflection. Either that, or he's been smoking something dodgy. Because uh, the, the, the very first thing, he was asked a perfectly anodyne question. You know, sort of, what do you make of the performance? You, know, sort of, you can straight bat that with, you know, it wasn't a great performance, but um, we got the away point and I'll take take that every day. Boom. Done. Bye. But instead he goes off on one about all sorts of nonsense. Then he follows it up with, I wouldn't want to be your wife. Um, you know, fair. You know, I wouldn't want to marry him either. Um, then when Stu gets in there, then he he, he sort of exhumes the whole thing about um, squad photos, which hasn't been mentioned for months. You know, there's, there's sort of worse things to talk about um, since then. But it's... 
It's either the pressure's getting to him, I know, because he's played for some big clubs. I, I, I discovered that this week. I didn't know it before. Um, oh he's, he's played for some big clubs, apparently, and there's, there's a lot of pressure there because they're, they're big clubs that he's played for. Um, which I took slight umbrage at because I think Ipswich are, are a big club, but, you know, um, maybe not anymore. But it, so much of it is... Just nonsense. You know, when he was having a go and saying, you're running down the um, youth players. Well, no, that was him. You know, he's the one who's done that. And it, I can see where he comes from in terms because he presumably isn't on Twitter under a, sort of a pseudonym or something like that. So he doesn't see that side of things, which I think that is probably a good idea from his point of view, because otherwise he'd be hiding under the stairs somewhere. You know, and, and the position that someone like NCR has been in because he is on social media isn't great. But he would have heard booze, and that's if, if we were in grounds. He would know that. And I think that he's deluded if he thinks the East Anglian and Stuart Watson and company are stirring things up and being unduly negative. I actually think that the East Anglian and company are being studiously fair and the number of times when i shout at podcasts and and at newspapers written by stuart by andy and things and just because they're being too nice at times and i know that's their job they've got to be incredibly fair we as fans don't have to be and if after all of those years managing big clubs in and playing in germany and coming from celtic then he doesn't realize the difference between fans' heartfelt gut reactions to shit performances and what local media write, then there's a there's a significant problem in the way in which he manages and he is a football manager. I'm inclined to think that it was he to the moment and he's frustrated, he's stressed, he's under a lot of pressure, but it's bullshit. And it, it if you add all of these things up, you know, and... Leo Neal's nonsense, um, yeah, we're all backing the manager and everything's great and um, have a strawberry, um, which I didn't even bother to um, read because he's not going to say anything. You know, if, if, Lam if, if Evans is actually sort of sounding out managers at the moment and Lambert's got the Plymouth game to keep his job, He's not going to say that. Leonel's not going to turn around and go, yeah, he's got one game to save his, save his job because we think he's shit as well. He's not going to say it, is he? So there's absolutely no point in listening to it because you know it's going to be a platitude. The fact that it's reached the point of two votes of confidence now, one today from Evans and, and the Leo Neal nonsense, says that they know behind the scenes that there's, there's stuff that's going wrong, the fans aren't happy, it's not just the East Anglian. I've made a point every single time I've been pissed off with something at the club and a performance that I've included the club in my tweet and things. I haven't just done the hashtag ITFC. I've made sure I've added Ipswich Town because I want them to know just how pissed off everybody is. The club know. I know there's been people emailing. I know that they've got the, the banners been put up, you know, and they must be aware of that. The only reason, to my mind, Lambert's got a job is because of COVID. Um, regardless of stupid contracts he kept it last season because we weren't in the ground 
He's kept it this season because he's not on the ground. And Evans is non-statement today. Is the same thing. The, the I mean, besides trolling the fans with careful what you wish for, um, which just really got up my nose. I, I actually don't have a problem with Evans as owner. I think he's made mistakes, but I think every owner has. And there are worse ones. There are better ones. I don't have a problem with Evans as an owner. However, I do have a problem with him tonight because that's shit. Um, and if if we were in the ground, he would know far more. But trying to suggest that the reason why we're unhappy as fans is because we're watching it on iFollow. That's bollocks. The reason I'm unhappy is on account of the fact that performances are shit and we're losing. If we were winning and we had average performances, you can go, okay, you know, meh. I've seen that plenty of times. I started watching under Bobby Ferguson. I haven't had great really of time in my 30 odd years of watching town where I've gone. This is a fantastic side. This is breathtaking. I'm, I'm, I'm well up for this. Most of the time you're looking at Glenn Penny father and um, people like that, you know, Graham Harvey and all sorts of inter- Leon Best, you know that that's 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 the <laughs> that's been my footballing time. It's not that I'm expecting some wonderful thing because I I missed the glory days, but I do expect to see some effort. I expect to see us winning, and yeah, I'm missing the atmosphere. But I can see perfectly well what I'd be saying if I was inside the ground, and if he or Lambert thinks that any of that is good enough. And it's just deflect, and it's not just deflection. Then there's an even bigger problem at the club than I thought there was. Lambert's talking shit. Evans, I think, is just covering his ass in a sort of wave of platitudes, and Leo Neal is pointless. So, I mean, at the end of it, like most um, votes of confidence, it's pointless because you get a vote of confidence when things aren't going right. Um, and then normally about three days later, they're gone. I said way back um, that I thought that he'd gotten till November um, international break to prove where things were. And then if it wasn't, because that's what he's done. That's what Evans has done with other managers in the past. So it's what we've done with Jewel is what he did with um, Hurst and so forth. And I still think that because we, we're only just into December, We've got a little break coming up after Plymouth. I still think that if we lose against Plymouth, he's gone. Regardless of what Evans has written or anything else like that, it'll be thanks for your efforts. All great. Um, by the way, here's Paul Cook. Well, Harvey, your thoughts on the you know Lambert comments after the Oxford game and then Evans and O'Neill basically giving the vote of confidence to Lambert to, well, he's going to be here. <coughs> Utterly bizarre. Um, the Lambert comments. I mean, if that's not a man under pressure, I don't know what is. You know, he's he's saying every single press conference. It doesn't bother me. It's not bothering me at all. I'm used to this. I've played for big clubs. I've managed Barcelona, whoever it says he's managed. Um, and it's just, it's just bizarre. Um, I think Stu dealt with it really well. I don't see any line of questioning that was out of order or that was unfair at all. Um, anyone with their anyone with their head switched on would be able to see that. Um, 
the Leo Neal interview, I mean, it was like watching Question Time. It was just, it's like, he it was like a politician, just uh, avoiding every question, not answering any, essentially any question in that interview. I don't think he actually answered. He was just dodging around the que- every single question. It's just bizarre. Um, and to rub salt into the wounds tonight, that Evans uh, interview that's, that's, that's been published, it's just, it, I, I don't understand what their thought process, I don't understand. Mar- Marcus Evans is a very, very intelligent man. Let's not get, let's not beat around the bush here. He's made a lot of money. He's a very intelligent man. It's unbelievable to think that he sat there writing that and to think, oh, I know what I'll put. I'll, I'll, I'll use that term, be careful what you wish for. If that doesn't say to me how out of touch he is as an owner, I don't know what I don't know what is. I, I'm similar to similar to David in terms of, you know, we need to count ourselves lucky in in, in terms of you know we could have gone down the, the Bolton era or the Bury era. So I've not got a massive massive problem with Evans as owner, but he's so out of touch. It's unbelievable. I, he can't stand there. And he was I saw the picture of him and Leo Neal watching the game at Oxford. And it's just bizarre to to, to think that. You know, Lambert said after the end they had a good chat about what? I don't understand what they could have had a good chat about. It's just there's no sign of progress on, on that field at all. The players aren't improvement under him. The system's utterly predictable. We're giving half of the system away in the warm-up anyway. But the system is, is too easy to play against. Um, and, I, and I don't I don't know where we're going to go from here. I I hope David's right in terms of um, if we lose at Plymouth that he'll be gone, but I really, really don't think it's going to be the case. Um, I think if he is going to go at some point, Lambert, I think it will be towards the end of the season where it's it's not looking like we'll, we'll make the playoffs. I really, really hope it isn't, but it's just bizarre. I mean, just quickly going back to Lambert's comments, I was listening to... Um, the Peterborough and Darren McAnthony's podcast on um, on Wednesday, where he was basically re- making reference to clubs' injuries and that he said that regardless of what happens in a season, that he said that's no excuse. That's what you go out and get your you know your recruitment for. That's why you have squad depth. He said regardless of how many injuries you have, you can't use that as an excuse. Granted, it's twelve injuries or whatever ridiculous stat it is, but. It's more the mentality. Like we, we just don't have that winning mentality at all um, to get us out of this league for me. Um, and as I said before, we, we just need a complete refresh. But yeah, in terms of the comments, utterly bizarre. Um, I mean, Evans is pissed enough fans off. Fans are reading that tonight. It's only going to get more toxic, unfortunately. Well, I've got David's hand up, so I'll go over to you before I move on to George. What Harvey said there, and I think it was Harvey alluded to it earlier on as well. It, the recruitment said we. It's not just the effort; it, it's it goes way deeper. Exactly what Harvey said there about lack of a winning mentality, and the recruitment. And I and I think I said something about it last week. We've we haven't refreshed the side. It's still basically the side that came down, and there are so many players there. We've got this huge squad, which is allegedly the strongest in the league, but. You get sort of the occasional random Hawkins comes in somewhere, but it's it. We haven't changed it round. We haven't recruited. We haven't. Lambert hasn't said, right. I want this. 
this is the way I want to play. These are the players I want to do it. So you out the door, you out the door. It's like we're, we're just sort of leave them hanging around. You've got a contract so you can stay or you've got an, an extension. We'll, we'll activate that. Regardless of whether you really want them, need them, can fit them in, we'll just have 36 of you in the building, all with a three-year contract. And, um, oh, yeah, you've been given a free. We'll, we'll bring you in as this, year, this year's piece of excitement. Um, but it, there doesn't seem to be a pattern or strategy to actually make us stronger. Whether that's with somebody who runs hard or whether it's with somebody with a never say die attitude, it's just sort of, oh, we've lost him. So we need to put somebody else in that. So we'll get him because he's on a free. There isn't a strategy. There isn't things. And that's exactly right. What Harvey was saying. We need to have a complete refresh. There's a whole load of people here. It doesn't matter about their reputation, where they've played before or anything like that. They just haven't done it here for two, three years. They need to go. And somebody needs to come in and be strong enough to just go, I'm sorry, goodbye. Well, I don't think, unfortunately, I'm not going to be saying goodbye to Lambert anytime soon, definitely with these Evans comments. Um, you know, George, you were saying in your Oxford game, you want a reset button to, you know, you know, but that's not going to be happening anytime soon. But yeah, your overall thoughts on everything what's been going on? No, unfortunately not. Seems like Evans has spoken and said, no, that's not happening. I hope that prediction Davis just made comes true. If it does, David, I own your pint perfume. Just because I really <laughs> want that to come true. I really want that to come true because I don't know what happened. He, he got a bee under his bonnet or something. It's just, he went off and won. I, I listened to the interview on Radio Suffolk and I was like, all right, I understand about the injuries. Yeah, I understand about, but we're not winning games. You need to be winning games, regardless of injuries. You have to be winning games. This is our technically the second biggest club in League One, and you're not being Oxford, and they're poor at the moment. And then he's on about you know his big club matches. I'm quite quite surprised he didn't mention about a Champions League medal that's hanging up in his house somewhere. You know he likes to mention that every five minutes, but just I don't know him. But it's just awful. But Marcus Evans, he's he's delusional. I think a little bit. He's not connected to the club at all. I think he, he doesn't realise he actually owns a football club still. I've got that theory stuck in my head that he doesn't know he actually owns one. But it's just, what is he saying? What was I think when these fans come back in for the Portsmouth game, I hope they boo. I really do. And they get their opinion across here because he needs to see that we see something different. I don't know what he sees. I seriously don't. Like, what, like the stats don't lie and the form doesn't lie. So what's he seeing? Because I just don't know these days, and it's the you know the Guardian articles for well, which I read. That just sums up everything. You know, we are fighting. We are basically a ghost club now. We are. That's what we are. And change needs to happen. It's not going to happen. I think the only way change can happen is if we're not in the playoffs by the end of the season, or we're well down the table and we shouldn't be there. That's the only way change is going to happen. Maybe we might need to get into a relegation battle and Lambert might go. Maybe that could be the cause. That's, that's how serious I'm getting here. I want him gone. Maybe we need to be in a relegation battle to get him to go. I'm that serious. And I don't want it to be in a relegation battle. I want them to be fine. I want them to be winning. But he needs to go. And once he goes, then things, hopefully, touch wood, will get better. But they're not. And... I just don't know when it's going to happen. But when it does, it'll be a happy day and I'll break, be breaking out the champagne. Yes, and um, 
going to go over to you, Thomas, before we finish off with you, Liam. Um, of course, Evans has been at these games. He was there on Tuesday night. He must have saw that dreadful game. Um, but, yeah, your thoughts on everything that surrounded that Oxford game and then what... Because sort of everything was going on. Because, of course, the Leo Noel comments in the morning on BBC Suffolk, then Lambert's comments after the game. And then, of course, tonight, as we record this on Thursday, the Evans statements come out. So, um, you know, it's all happening in the sort of same time. It's sort of hmm, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, what I don't understand about Evans is really, he was there Tuesday night, he could just said, and he's given a statement today. What, what, What is he seeing that we're not? Because... What I'm seeing is complete dross and everyone else here is seeing rubbish. But Evans, for some reason, is seeing this marvellous football that we're playing under Lambert all of a sudden and he's backing him. I don't, it doesn't make sense to what, what exactly he's seeing and what, what he sees with what we see. Um, I don't know what it is, whether it's because he's deluded, maybe it's because he's at the game and we're watching an iFollow. I mean, he's, he's already made that reference today, so maybe it's that, I don't know. But um, yeah, it's, it's baffling. I don't. There must be a reason why he's coming out of these statements. Is it because of the contract? Is it just like like David said, COVID saved uh, Lambert's job. So um, there, there's a reason there for some reason why um, Evans is backing him. It's it's uh, any other club, Lambert would be gone by now. I don't. You know, he's lost more League One games than what he's won. It was that was you know a question asked to him the other night, but. For some reason, he's still here, and I say any other club, he'd be gone. We'd probably got Paul Cook in by now. Would be back, you know, perhaps a bit more of a promotion challenge than what we've got at the moment. So it doesn't make it doesn't add up what he's seeing. Um, if if he's in the banners, he's obviously not taking them on board. Um, you know, it's it's what the fan the fans aren't happy yet. They're still coming up with these statements saying, "Oh, he's staying, he's staying." It's it's just baffling in my eyes. Um, it, it makes you wonder, really, if Sheepshanks knows what he knows now, would he have sold the club to him? Because I don't think he would have done, in hindsight. Because um, the, the way, how far we've fallen, um, it's just, just embarrassing, really. We're, we're now, you know, just struggling to send playoffs in League One in 2020, and that's after a year there and completely messing up last season. So um, I don't think he would have done. But in terms of Lambert's comments. I felt sorry for Brenner. I felt sorry for Stu. Um, completely unnecessary. You know, it's, the pressure's definitely getting to him. It's a, it's obviously troubling him a little bit. He says it's not, but to react like he did, then it must be. Um, don't understand why he's bringing up the NHS photo. See something that's got under his bonnet. I think, and for him to say that he doesn't read the stuff and then go into quite a lot of detail about what Stu wrote. You kind of think, okay, you are reading this because if it was me, I can't talk about the Leonie sort today because I haven't listened to it, I haven't read it, so I can't really comment too much about it. I've seen bits and pieces, but can't say too much about it. So how come Lambert hasn't read what Stu wrote about the NHS photo, but he can he can have a go at him for saying what he said? You know, it doesn't add up in my eyes. I personally think he has he is reading it. He is paranoid about it all, um, and that's why he's having to go because he's the pressure's getting to him and it's it's worrying him what's being said and there's there is negativity but it's all because he's he's brought it on himself um, and so that that you know it's, it's it is his fault at the end of the day um, 
and like I say he's, he's we we have been poor. We have been for the past year now. So we had a few good results, but there's no. It's not hard to believe why the negativity negativity surrounds the club. Um, but yeah, uh, it's I want him gone like everyone else. Um, I haven't wanted a manager out this bad for well my lifetime. I think I, I never we've never had a bad manager like this in my eyes. Um, Joe was just useless. Um, Mick, he did his cause, but he was just here too long. Keane was just a big name, but just failed. And Hurst was just the right idea, but wrong guy. Um, Lambert's just a, a big failure. Um, who, you know, have you seen that stuff that's happening in Celtic? You know, he played in front of that. <laughs> so he's just, he's just an idiot. Um, I don't want him here much longer. I still think whatever happens Saturday, he'll still be here. I think he'll be here Christmas. I think we'll all be on our turkey and he'll still be here um, because there's there's these issues that, you know, the contract and one or two other things. I think he'll, unfortunately, he'll be here longer than than what, what we're hoping for. And I think it's, it, there's got to take something to get rid of him. Um, like George says, it could even be a relegation battle, which, to be fair, the Tuesday, the Tuesday game looked much like that, to be honest. It was a, not much of a crap game. But, um, yeah, he's a twat. He's got to go. <laughs> okay, I saw Harvey have your hand up. So before I go over to Liam to finish this bit off, um, what else do you want to add, my friend? Yeah, just just very briefly, um, Tom mentioned about the, the NHS photo. I mean, it, it was bizarre that that was brought back up again. But what I didn't really understand about that was... Um, Lambert said to said to Stu, you know, Stuart Taylor's told already told you about that, about the situation, about why, you know, we couldn't get them in. It was because of the NHS, you know, we we couldn't squeeze them in. But then in a separate interview after it, Stuart Taylor said, Well, no, they have to earn the right to be in the team photo with the young kids. So which one is it? It's it's bizarre that the lack of communication is just staggering. I mean, it's it's just like they they don't know which direction they're going in. So was it the fact that they have to earn the right to be in the photo, or was it the fact that they couldn't fit them in, which I think is an absolute bollocks excuse anyway? It's just a lack of communication, and I thought Lambert coming out of that was bizarre because his assistant manager said something completely different in an interview afterwards. So contradicting all the time, and it's just getting worse. The the communication from players to management to owner to us fans is is dreadful. Um, Thomas, go ahead. I just I forgot to mention I looked at that photo again recently, like after the interview, and you can see that there's more players in the N and the H than there is the S. The I can't you couldn't fit all the players in. It's just a stupid joke, uh, stupid response really, because you could probably fit more players in that S than what there was. So it's, <laughs> it's just, bizarre. It's just and it's even talking about this. Why is this <laughs> <And> a <even laughs> thing? So it's just it's like. How is this even made like news? Why couldn't you have just squeezed them in? It's just oh, I don't know. It's it, it is laughable. It's laughable how bad things have got that we're talking about the letters NHS on a on a on a football podcast. It's just utterly bizarre because it, you know they, they they could have been squeezed in. Yeah. And talk, talking badly about the blaming Stu for talking badly about the youngsters and Brenner, but then a few weeks ago he was. Talking shit about them all anyway, so what's exactly contradicted? Yeah. Well, Liam, what a disastrous week for town. 
um, a goal to draw against Oxford and Norway's comments to, to round up this this chat. Well, I'll start with Leo Neal because that's the simplest one. Um, exactly what David said. He's not going to come out and say he's only got a certain amount of games to save his job. He's not going to do that. <laughs> it's, 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 it doesn't happen. It, you usually get the, the vote of confidence and then you go. So the fact that the vote of confidence has come out suggests that there isn't a lot longer to go. Um, unfortunately, I don't have the same optimism that David does about Saturday. I, I, I think whatever the result on Saturday, um, Lambert will be with us for a while. And, and the point I want to make is that Thomas said he was baffled by Evan's statement. I'm not baffled by it. I know exactly why he's done that. It, he's the man who, who runs the football club. He owns it. And he's in the last year, he's taken a much more hands-on approach. Um, and, and for me, that would, that would be me questioning what does Leo Neal actually do? Because clearly, we just hear him from time to time come out with some certain stuff as, as basically Evan's mouthpiece. But what else does he actually do behind the scenes? We're, we're, it, it's really strange. And he went quiet for a long time. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he's the first one to um, make comments about Lambert. But on, on Evans, he's not going... He's not going to put out a statement on the club website saying that Paul Lambert needs to get results, otherwise he's out of a job. Because he's he's a businessman. He knows exactly... He, he, he's a pretty smart businessman. He's made a lot of money, but business is a completely different animal to football. And in the time that he's been owner of Ipswich Town, he clearly does not know the football industry because... Every time since he since he's been the owner, he keeps making mistakes, and it's different ones along the way. Um, he he brought in Keane, thinking it would be a big name that would move town forward, and it it didn't work. Um, he 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 stopped putting in the money after Jewel because he had got burnt by it, and brought in McCarthy thinking that that was going to be going to going to work and to an extent okay one season where it was close but that was it I mean uh, and then it's just declined from there and then Hurst as somewhat I think was it Harvey or Thomas made reference to Hurst uh, right idea just wrong man but it's the same mistakes over and over again. And he's brought Lambert in as his man to turn around the fortunes. He's obviously given Lambert um, free... Re he's just basically forgiven him for the relegation. It's not even got... It, Lambert probably has absolutely no black mark against it. Even though as us as fans, we know that there was plenty of time still to save the club from relegation, and it didn't improve at all. Um, but Lambert, I yeah. think, with the goodwill of the fans, got away with it. 
Um, and I think and I think Evans looks at that and goes, okay, I'm not going to I'm not going to blame him for that. Last season was poor, and COVID may have saved his job. But the thing that worries me most is his comment about these green shoots of a style of play. Well, I'm not seeing it. I'm really not seeing it. It, it, it it's it's fine. It, he's brought out this five point plan about how t- he wants town to be and how he wants town to be as a football club. And he's got this whole philosophy around playing football. And this five-point plan triggers about playing this attractive style of football. And Lambert has come out and and played this attractive, well, trying to play an attractive style of football, and it's not working. And frankly, I think Evans is backing Lambert, is trying not to sound negative because he doesn't want to admit he's wrong again he doesn't want to have to come he doesn't want to have to then suddenly come out and fire lambert and basically everyone looks at him and goes you dropped the ball again marcus you you, just you again um there are more problems at ipswich town than just paul lambert but at the moment paul lambert the club is going nowhere under it. And and the comments that he made after the game are just are just endemic of a drowning man. He can come out and talk all sorts of crap about he doesn't feel pressure. But clearly he is to come out on a rant like that. It, it's he he's been snippy now for a little while. I mean, it, it's these little bits he had he had a little go at Brenner for backing McGavin um, and and so on. And he's, he's, he's continuously just had little snipes at Brenner. He's had little snipes at, um, at Andy and Stu, more Stu. Um, and then it's all come out, just erupted uh, on Tuesday night. Um, and it, it is just, I think, a drowning man. Um, I think there is deflect. I think he is trying to deflect away from the performance, but I think he's drowning. I think he knows that he's lost the fans, and he is trying everything to to keep his job. I think. I think he's trying to he's trying to pull the rug um, over everyone's eyes. He, he's he's trying to get, especially Evans. He's trying to get Evans to be more sympathetic with the fact that there's injuries. But this this issue with the style of play that has been boring now for a little while and Town have got a few results out of it, but it hasn't been convincing, has been going on for a lot longer than just this little run of, of about four or five matches since the return from the international break. Um, and frankly... I, I think he's drowning. Um, And if he wants to talk about big clubs, I mean, he made reference to what happened at Celtic at the weekend when your your Scottish adopted Scottish club um, knocked out Celtic in the in the Um, You only like Ross County. You don't know anything about them, but you only like them because they've got your name in it. Um, But Celtic, we all know. 
Yeah, <laughs> I mean, most people don't know a lot about Scottish football, but Celtic and Rangers across the globe are, are pretty well renowned and they are, their fans are, well, are pretty passionate, I think is, is a really polite way of saying it. They, they, they are very, very, can get very extreme, both sets of the old firm. And what you saw on Sunday is a lot of the things that have gone on for years and years and years between from Celtic and Rangers fans where they can get very aggressive. Um, the same thing happened when Rangers were going, going bust. Um, well, if Lambert um, keeps talking about this big club mentality and that he's played in front of these fans at Parkhead who were rip it trying to rip down security fencing um then if 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 he if he isn't feeling any pressure then maybe us fans should be running outside portman road and trying to break down the door to get to him to make him actually understand the feeling of anger uh, that the support base have got in the fact that he just isn't the right man um but he he won't go. He won't go for a while. I think it'll be. I don't think it'll be as long as the end of the season. I think if we if, if things don't pick up um, soon, then I think there's going to be trouble ahead for him. But um, I, I my my biggest fear is I just don't think that they're going to pull the trigger quick enough that will potentially save the season okay well let's get into this weekend if you didn't know we've got a game this weekend because it's uh been a, a, a yeah yeah <laughs> we're playing plymouth um a long trip to you okay david yeah do i care <laughs> <laughs> well uh yeah because we probably it could be another goalless draw but um so yeah plymouth are of course a newly promoted team um of course good old thomas is going to bring his viewpoints um, from Plymouth fans and stuff, they're currently sitting 15th in the league, three straight defeats. They lost 4 0 at home on Tuesday against Rochdale. Rochdale. Um, and I think that was Plymouth's first home defeat of the season, of course. A long trip for, for town on Saturday. And uh, yeah, Thomas, take it away, my friend. Okay. I said my friend again, I'm sorry. <laughs> Before I start, got a manager for all of, uh, got a question for all of you. Um, Maybe not Ross, because I don't know if you've done any research for the strike, just in case. I don't know, you know. Obviously, the listeners can join in if they want to and say if they got it right or not. But when we last played Plymouth, who was the manager and what was the score? And then I'll get back to that. Have a, have, have a think about it. Have a think about it. And then when we when I've done my bit, we'll get the answers. Is that Paul Maron? What did I just say, Ross? Oh, I thought... <laughs> when, we get to, when I've done my bit, we'll get to the end. <laughs> Oh. Was it Paul yeah. Mariner? It was Paul Mariner, yeah. Is it Paul Mariner? <laughs> yeah. Is it Paul Mariner? It was Paul Mariner, yeah. That didn't work I out. I knew it was Paul Mariner. <laughs> what was the score, though? Uh, it, it, it does go to show how much Ross listens to us, though, while, while we're yeah, recording yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. We lost, probably. Was that home or away? Home. We probably lost. George just got his hand up. 2 0. Bradley Wright, Phillips scored. Yeah. They've scored one of them. And I can't think they scored the other one. 
there we go. Sorry for ruining your question. Okay. Back to <laughs> Plymouth and their season. Um, I spoke to the Argyle Live and someone else called Ryan, um, who's been able to give me some feedback. Firstly, I asked them about how it felt to get promoted during COVID because that's quite a big big talking point, really, because none of us have experienced that as Ipswich fans. But for Plymouth, they've obviously got promoted during a, through PPG. So it's a quite a different story to tell, really. And he said, um, going up during the COVID and forced break was certainly odd. It obviously, It's obviously not the way you want to go up, but I still made sure to celebrate the best I could. Um, it was during a pretty dark time for everybody, and every little thing we could cling on to was well worth it. Um, this may be biased, but they fancied um, they fancied the fact that they may have managed to win promotion if the season had gone to its conclusion anyway. So probably would have promoted anyway, but COVID just happened along the way, I guess. Um, in terms of the season, like I said uh, if you'd spoken to them before Tuesday night, they'd been content. But as you said earlier, they're unbeaten at home and hadn't won away until Tuesday night. Uh, then, of course, Rochdale came to home park and put four goals past them, and suddenly the mood around the place could be hardly lower. Um, in terms of the side on Saturday, um, they'll most likely, most likely stick to a back three, and the only real question will be the setup of the midfield. They'll probably go 3 1 4 2, but recently that hasn't suited Tyrese Fauna in the one position. So, um, person I spoke to at the Argyle Life wouldn't mind if they went for a 4 3 1 2 with somebody alongside Fauna. He's hoping for Danny Mayer to be back. He's an integral. Um, he's integral to our creativity going forward and his absence across the last couple of games has been noticeable. Um, standout players, is, they've got Luke Clifcott. He's excellent as a poach, poacher this year and indeed in the second half of last season. They haven't had that many young prospects come through across the last decade, so we're sometimes guilty of overhyping them, but when they do come through, uh, they're sometimes guilty of overhyping them when they do come through, but Jeffcott feels very different. He's already delivered in leagues, leagues two and one, and there's another we certainly notice when he's missing. Um, and also keep an eye on another young prospect in goal two called Mike, Mike Cooper. He's been a bit hit and miss so far with a match-winning performance against Blackpool, but some forgettable moments along the way. Um, in terms of their manager, uh, apparently he still has a board level of support. Seemed to connect with the fans last season a little more than his predecessor, Derek Adams, did. But that's a lot easier when you're winning games. Um, the real test will come as the season goes on. I think most Argyle fans would be happy with the table. I still think he's a talented young manager who will go far, but yes, still still has a fair bit to prove. And in terms of Saturday, they're not too confident. Um, they've taken one point from the last four games in the league. And whilst I want a home game to give us a chance to turn things around, the scars on Tuesday are definitely going to take some healing. However, the return of fans might just be enough to spur, spur them on a little bit. So, in terms of Plymouth, I'm not confident, but then again, neither are we. So, um, it's going to be an interesting game. Have a goldish draw. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to go nil-nil myself. <laughs> there we go. Um, I think we've got a long trip down there. Um, obviously, confidence isn't going well. Lambert's shouting at the media. Um, we're not performing. We've still got injuries. Um, I can't see us losing, but I can't see us winning. So, I can't see us scoring. I'll go nil-nil. Okay. Well, I want to go over to you, Harvey. Um, good old Frank Nubelay. Frank Nubel plays for Plymouth as well. Um, how are you feeling going into this one and um, how would you set up? Yeah, I mean, regarding Frank Nubelay, his, his kind of, my best memory of him was that Blackpool away game that I was lucky enough to be at where um, I think Paul Taylor scored his only goal as well for town, didn't he, when we when we won 3-2. That was, um, 
Yeah, that was a good away day. Uh, I would put a, I would put money on a, on a Frank Newbley hat trick. To be honest, it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> the majority of the time at town, he looked utterly useless. Oh, um, yeah. It's just our luck that he's just going to turn into Ronaldo on the, on Saturday. Um, in terms of Plymouth himself, like like Tom said, Ryan Lowe's he's, he's got this philosophy of free flow and attacking football, which I think the higher up the leagues you go with with like, with a team like Plymouth. Um, I think it can be found out quite quite quickly. Um, personally, I'd I would go with a with a four four two. I think against a system at three at the back, I think that could work quite nicely for us. Um, I'm not totally confident. I have to be honest. Uh, they have got some good players. I know Danny Mayer was really really close to signing for Town, wasn't he? And I think he he could have been you know a real good player for us. He's got I think he got into double digits last season, didn't he, in, in terms of scoring and assists. And I think he's had a decent start to this season too. So they've got the danger. They've got the danger, man. Um, I don't think we'll lose. I think it'll be a 1-1 a, a draw. I think the curse of, of not scoring over the last few games will come to an end because they have got a leaky defence. Um, but they, they are a threat. They do score goals, uh, you know, when they get in their groove because Ryan Lowe is, is insistent on playing this kind of free flow and attacking football. Um, so it's it's going to be a tough game. I think the journey will, won't help either. It's, it's a hell of a long way down there. Um, so that won't help, but I can just see it being a, another draw. I, I don't think we've got enough, enough to win it, um, but I don't think necessarily Plymouth have either. So uh, I'm going to go for 1-1 and um, yeah, another, another dull performance, I think coming up i wish i could be more positive i really do we we'd all do and I, of course we want to try to cheer up the listeners but um we can't really there's nothing really, there's nothing happy to say uh thomas i was just going to say um he said uh, harvey said about league of defense but then charlton as i said earlier had a makeshift defense last week and we couldn't trouble them so i'm not it they may have a league of defense but it's um and also oxford as well couldn't keep a clean sheet before we came there, so it doesn't really mean much, does it? We, all, we like I'm to break records. I'm clutching the straws. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know, yeah, but we we like to break, break these kind of records, so we'll do it again, won't we? He'll probably just, we won't score at all, probably, but that's happened. Also, I met Frank at um, Clack at uh, a game when I, was at, uh, <laughs> when, I was, when I was down at University, um, Canterbury. We the, went Dover in the playoffs. We went to all three games, and he was randomly at the Ebsfleet over game in the uh, in the crowd and um, classic seconds went up to him and it's like are you noble <laughs> instead of are you frank <laughs> so yeah um, that's that's my random story to tell today <laughs> okay, thank you Tom good old Thomas story time uh, George <laughs> how are you feeling going into this um, your prediction not confident um, it's not going to be a victory I don't know what to expect from this game, personally. So I guess another dull performance. Plymouth haven't played well recently, lost the last three games, but they'll want to try and bounce back. And it is probably the perfect target to do against another team that's not in confidence. Um, so I'm going to echo the same as Harvey. I'm going to go for a one-one. I just don't, I don't see anything. To be honest. Okay. Well, I want to go with you, Liam, first for ending with David. Um, 
Plymouth, of course, who have had their, their own problems as well with their, you know, their owners and just the club itself. They they were in the championship not long ago, and then they saw relegation to League One, and then League Two. Uh, but they're now back in League One, and you know, a four-nil defeat at home on a Tuesday night was not good against Rochdale. So they're going to be a wounded animal. But normally, when town roll into into town, they um they normally yeah get beaten. So how are you feeling going into this? No, no. <laughs> that, that that sums it up. Nil nil. Um, oh. I mean, it, I think nil nil is the optimistic scoreline. I, I I can only see nil nil being the best scoreline from a town perspective. I think any other result is going to end up being something nil to Plymouth. Um, I, so I, Tom basically took the point away from me from what Harvey had said about the leaky defence, that Charlton had no centre-half, didn't make an impact. Oxford hadn't kept a clean sheet all season uh, and only five in the calendar year and nil-nil. Um, it's it's, it's going to be the same. Um, and I mean, I was a bit shocked by the result on Tuesday. I thought... Um, I didn't think they would get battered by Rochdale. Um, although there are some weird results going on at the moment. Um, there are a few. I think did 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 uh, Peterborough lose uh, this week? I think I think I saw Peterborough lost to someone, yeah. but they should have beaten. I think they lost to Wimbledon, yeah. didn't they? Yeah. yeah. Um, which going without going on a tangent back to Lambert is not helping our cause of getting him out when all the other teams, there's not really anyone at the moment grabbing the league by the scruff of the neck and going away and cutting down the drift, which is going to force Marcus Evans into making a decision, which is is highly frustrating because it's just going to mean that they're going to keep sitting around that playoff area potentially uh, because no one else is taking the opportunity, not because Towns are doing enough to stay there. It's just everyone else. But I think that was a bit of a, a, a shock result, really, Rochdale winning. Um, I think Plymouth um, are a bit like my my uh, hometown club crew. I think um, young manager David Artell um, is the manager of crew. He retired and became the, the manager. Uh, and it took a while for him to get his philosophy through. But as we saw when Crew came to Portman Road, they, they played some decent stuff without obviously unlucky not to get anything out of the game. Um, and I think Plymouth will be the same. I think young manager um, who is looking to put his, put his uh, mark on the game. And I think Plymouth, although they're on a bit of a bad run, I think they'll continue to try and play football, and I think I think they will definitely win the attractiveness state. I think they, they will be the more attractive team uh, in the game, uh, but whether that'll be enough for them to win it, I don't know. Um, I think though, I, I think it'll be nil nil because I have no confidence that we'll break this scoring duck uh, the way that we're playing and. And just the negativity now that seems to be swamping the entire club and the fan base. Okay. Well, David, I remember going into these previews at the early days of the Game Day Extra Day time pod. We're all confident 
you know, going, yeah, we're going to win this. Yeah, happy days, you know, against these sort of sides. Oh, how it's changed. Um, how are you feeling going into this and your prediction? Um, I seem to... I, I, when we looked at these six games, I thought that Charlton was the most winnable of those. I thought we'd lose to Portsmouth. And I thought that, I said then that it would probably be a draw against Plymouth. Um, I thought we'd lose to Hull. So I was sort of... Yeah, I wasn't optimistic of these six games. Still not. I think it'll be 2-1 to um, Plymouth. Um, well, the, the one the one is one of those ones where at some point, one of those sort of random looping headers going into a goalkeeper's arms is going to get deflected off the back of a seagull. Um, so... <laughs> I'm not expecting us to have lit the world up and um, or anything like that. I just think that there's going to be a sort of a useful passing sort of herring gull off the um, Atlantic. So um, they've got Grant, haven't they? Who was on loan here? I didn't think he looked bad when he was on loan here. And the, and they've got Noble. Noble's guaranteed to score. Um, yeah, it'll be shit. Um, and we'll lose. And one of my best friends will then be on WhatsApp um, for the entire evening taking the piss um, when he hasn't been in touch in the last six months. So um, he's a lifelong Plymouth fan. I got into trouble at university because of Plymouth one time. We Ipswich played Plymouth and we beat them, I believe, 3-0 on that occasion. And we decorated our halls of residence with Ipswich and Plymouth colours. And obviously I was the only Ipswich fan up in Lancaster. He was the only Plymouth fan up in Lancaster. <laughs> <laughs> on my way out to the pub, because he decided he wasn't going to listen to it anymore because he was losing 3-0, we went to the pub. My Everton-supporting friend set fire to the posters that we'd put up in the windows, <laughs> keeping um, keeping everybody on campus illuminated about the score. And of course, because it was Ipswich against Plymouth, we were the ones who got into trouble with the vice-principal and had to have a formal warning about fire hazards and not setting fire to things in halls of residence. <laughs> So, yeah, so, I have history with Plymouth, but we're going to lose. That was the last time we scored three goals, wasn't it? Quite probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. I, I also I also managed to miss a bit. No, that was a different game. Sorry. Ignore that bit. Is this podcast going to be called Story Time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's. it's well, there's nothing else than... to talk about at the moment, is there? <laughs> I don't as well. I'm just. We all told our story today. Um, yeah, it lightens the mood a little bit of exactly. um, all the the dullness and you know the stuff going on. But um, well, that is it then. Another dull weekend ahead of us. So look forward to that. But uh, thank you all for joining me as ever, Thomas, Harvey, George, David, and Liam from crew. And um, yep, I've been producer Ross uh, once again. If you want to get involved, have your voice heard, then come on. Come on, Game Day Extra Time. Just contact me at Ross Media UK on Twitter. Get involved. It'd be great to have you on. But that is it. And we'll be back next week for some more chats about the Saturday game. And, of course, previewing the Portsmouth game. 2,000 fans will be in attendance. Hopefully, David, Thomas could be there. Because, Liam, you can't go because you're in Scotland. And Harvey, unfortunately... You're in Wales, George. You say you don't have a season ticket, so we could be seeing hopefully Thomas or David in the ground. So, wait and see on that. I've done my thing. Okay, wait and see. I haven't yet, but I will see.
Okay. All right. See you later, guys. From true crime to football, Brexit to football. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon. Thank you.